everyone, Dave Debo here with another episode of the Property Profits Real Estate Podcast. Today, zooming in all the way from the outskirts of beautiful San Diego, California, we've got a real estate entrepreneur via Germany, now living in the States for a long time, Axel Meyerhofer. How are you doing today, Axel? Awesome. Thank you for having me, Dave. My pleasure. So, Axel, before we jumped on the call, I asked you, hey, what's your main bread and butter real estate investing strategy? And I like what you're going to be talking about because a lot of our listeners are in Canada, Axel. And I'm not sure if you're familiar with the Canadian market, but in centers like Vancouver and Toronto and Ottawa and places like that, property prices are insane in those areas as they are in San Diego, California, which is one of the most expensive real estate markets in the United States. It's way up there. Right. So your main focus is on buying properties out of state, so mm -hmm. at a distance. So tell us a little bit about how you fell into that and what what are the big benefits of doing that versus trying to find deals in your own backyard? Well, there's a couple of things. The reason that we fell into that is because, as you indicated, it would take way more of our own money to even be able to acquire a property, even with all the relatively low interest rates and mortgages and stuff that you can get right now. But then the most important thing is really that the properties don't perform by the standards that we set for ourselves as well as for our clients. We are typically trying to apply the 1% rule. And if people say, why not more? It's because of quality. We want to really provide a high quality three or four bedroom, two bath home that people like to live in that's freshly renovated, so forth and so forth. And to apply that rule for your listeners, just for those who are not that familiar with it, basically means you buy a $100,000 property and it pays right around $1,000 rent per month, right? And that is that relationship is just pretty much impossible to find here. And so we had to look around and ultimately found, okay, you have to go out of state. And then the big problem becomes, okay, well, if we do that, how do we keep control? How do we get good tenants? What do we do if maintenance is needed? And what I found is that almost more important than, than the property itself is to find a combination between the good properties that perform and really high quality turnkey providers. And I call it the virtuous triangle that you need to look for and that I teach my clients to look for to make the strategy work. Okay, so walk us through your virtual triangle. Obviously, that, that's something you go into really in depth with your clients, but give us the, the 30,000 foot overview and let people know what is a turnkey property? What, is, what does that mean to you? Right, so turnkey property, basically, why I love that so much is, yeah, so it was built, let's say, sometimes in the 80s, and it's in a residential neighborhood in a city that has a good economic climate, low crime, all that kind of stuff. So, and it has a good potential to get $1,000 rent per month if it's freshly renovated, brought up to speed. Now, from the turnkey virtuous triangle perspective, I'm looking as an investor to how can I push as much risk to somebody else before I need to commit my money? And so the first corner of that triangle for the, for the turnkey provider is they find the property, they do the research, they have the inspection, they build the scope of work that needs to be done to completely renovate the thing, bring it up to court, new bathrooms, new kitchen, new floors, new roof, all the stuff it needs. So oftentimes they get these properties somewhere between twenty and $45,000 and then they spend another fifty, sixty, 
or so, sometimes 70, to bring it up to, to all the things. It smells like a new car when you actually get the key, which is actually kind of funny because that's really what it means, turnkey, right? Like you get a completely ready to move in fresh, clean property. So that's a one corner. But the really what narrows down the field of, of organizations that would do that, including flippers and stuff like that, is really that I or we work with turnkey providers who do number two, and that is they establish the relationship in the context of the sale, right? So they don't just do the renovation. They also have the relationship in the context, everything that has to do with selling, the bank, the financing, the title company, insurance, all of that. And then the third corner is maintaining the property as property management. So they find the tenant, they manage the tenant, they manage the maintenance and so forth. And why I call it virtuous triangle is because it creates dependencies they really make it good for us as investors to work with them. Because if you ask yourself, if they find a property and they just want to do the cheapest job to sell it, but they are also the ones with their same team that ultimately has to maintain it, then they're shooting themselves in the foot. Because whatever they don't renovate well, when the tenants get in, they're going to find it and they're going to complain it. And we only sign contracts where we have one year maintenance guarantee. So anything that they wouldn't do well, which the ones we work with, they, they know this, right? So they renovate the properties really well because they know that they are the ones who have to maintain them later on. And that's why they also have no problem to sign a, an agreement that says, okay, the thing is inspected at the prices above asking price. And for one year, you don't have to pay for any maintenance because we renovated the thing. So we are proud of what we did. Dumb question. Why do these guys need you? Why don't they buy these smoking deal properties, renovate them. They're already finding the tenant. They're doing all the management. Why don't they keep them? Because it doesn't sound like they're making a huge margin on selling the property to you. Yeah, the one thing that happens and in, in one of the turnkey providers I work with, I literally asked that question. So maybe both them, I don't know. But <laughs> so I said, why don't you just do this for yourselves? Because the owners of the company actually are, they moved into that area and they live in that area. And they said, basically, they ultimately tapped out on financing. They got to about 30, 40 property all single family home, like three bedroom, two baths, four bedroom, two baths. And you get to a volume where you just can't qualify anymore. And part of that, the way they explain it, it makes sense to me is the money that you're making from the rental income only counts up to 70% as income, Right. And so sooner or later, when you have more and more and more properties and more and more and more loans against it, you just don't have enough income anymore to qualify for any new properties. But you can still make money if you do a good job because they make money twice. I mean, they're not dumb or anything like that. They make money a little bit. And a lot of people in the industry say, well, you're overpaying because you're paying almost as it appraises. So they make a little bit of money between what they paid for and renovated it for and what they sell it for. I believe they deserve that because they took all that risk. And then they make continuous money on the property management. And it's not just that I, as an investor or my clients, like the fact that we don't have any maintenance for a year because they do a good job. They don't have any maintenance either, right? So the property management fee, those 8 to 10%, they collect for the whole year. They basically make, if you want to, as additional profit. Right. So they have those two sources of income and that's why they turn it into a business at some point. Makes sense. So Axel, you, you do this actively yourself, but you must have the same problem. Eventually you're going to tap out and run out of money for down payments. You're going to run out of uh, run out of qualifying for these kind of these kind of properties. 
how do you keep growing your portfolio at that point? Well, one one way, there's two ways. For one, if I weren't doing exactly what I'm about to tell you that I am doing is I could always have some, like I used to have, I still own a consulting company, right? So as an investor, I can have another source of income for these guys to basically run the business they need to run it soup to nuts 24-7, basically, right? So I have a little bit of a benefit from running out of money because I can still have a separate source of income. Now, the other thing that we actually do besides the consulting work is we have an organization called Idea Wealth Grower. And there I'm basically offering mentoring services and other services, but mainly mentoring to help people and I love to help younger people. I wish I were 20, 30 years younger and could take advantage of low interest rate and all the stuff I know. I mean, I think a lot of us, at least I can say this for myself, would love to be born again, but not forget anything, right? Like 30, 30 years younger, but know everything I know new, right new now. New body, same brain. That's what yeah, yeah. <laughs> New body, same brain. Exactly. That's perfect. Right. So, but what I'm basically getting at is, so what we do to not run out of money to keep investing for ourselves is to help other people learn what we learn, basically to benefit from the fact that naturally to get to where we are, I made a whole bunch of mistakes, lost some money here and there, did some bad deals, found things that I shouldn't have done, but didn't know any better. And so anybody who works with us gets the benefit of, of mentoring, meaning like I give them all my connections. They work literally with the same organizations I work with just right alongside. And one of the huge benefits is that they benefit from these relationships. Right, Like when you have a, a portfolio with a turnkey provider, four or five properties already on the books, and I say one of my clients is interested to buy a property, they just treat both of us different than if you go yourself and say, hey, I found you on the internet. I'm wondering if you want to sell me a house. Right, So those are the things. And for these services, we get income. We don't do that for free, even though we try to keep it modest. And that's basically one way for us to keep being able to invest. All right. So basically, you do self-finance all of your deals. You use your own your own capital. Do you ever partner with people to buy more of these kind of properties? Yeah, we invite people to partner. Although I have to say in this current environment, I actually am a big fan of leverage. I know some people are not. But for me, what, if you were to ask me, well, how do you see the next five years going? I think the low interest rate environment will continue to be around. And I think we will ultimately start getting some inflation. Right. And so for me, that is the best environment to have as much leverage as I can get. Mm -hmm. Very good. All right. So, yeah, it's all around the turnkey. Yeah, it's a pretty sweet deal. If you can find a property that that you can apply the one percent rule to and somebody's already fixed it all up, it's brand spanky new. They're going to find you the tenant. They're <laughs> they're going to do the the tenant and the property management for you and, and guaranteed no big issues for a year. That's a pretty good, pretty sweet way to get it done. Yeah, absolutely. And the good thing is for myself and for anybody who works with us, we start with positive cash flow from day one because there is a goal behind it. I always call that like Jim Collins, that BHAG, that big, hairy, audacious goal to get away. And we are there, but I want other people to get there too, where you don't need to exchange time for money anymore, right? Where you can say, I want to do something where it's not a matter of how much do I get paid, but how passionate am I for about it? And to get there, Every little property does that. And we are now at a point where I can literally say, okay, for what even living in, in San Diego area, if I didn't do anything else anymore, the passive income from the properties would be sufficient, right? And that's where well, I want to get my, my clients. That's a good question. So for your clients doing these kind of properties, on average, how many of them do they need 
to hit that number for themselves? I figured most of the time the number is somewhere between 9 and 15. Now, it depends a little bit where you live. If you live in an area that is maybe a little less expensive than where I live, then you can probably get there with eight or nine. And if you go into more expensive areas, then you have to have a few more properties. But it also depends a little bit how sweet of a deal can you get into, right? Like if you happen to be in a location where there is a lot of appreciation because Jeff Bezos thinks he needs to put another distribution center next to you, right? Then you can keep pulling money out and do more investments with that property versus another one that just does what you expected over a long period of time. Yes, it pays you. And this is where I'm saying, you know, I believe our clients will do even better than the ones in the past have, because when we get a little inflation, that also means higher uh, rental income without higher costs on mortgages. So your positive cash flow, we keep increasing, 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 which just means you need less properties to get to that kind of holy land place, you know? Yeah. So when, when people are kind of getting in these turnkey properties, I know it's going to be variable, but give or take, what are they cash flowing a month? Right now with a low interest rate environments, a hundred thousand dollar property cash flows around between 250 and 350. Yeah, 250 to 350. So let's say 300 bucks a month. Mm. So yeah, if you got 10 of those, you you might be making $3,000 a month, which is yeah. a full-time income for a lot of people, that's for sure. And yeah, that's and keep taking into account mortgage pay down, appreciation, any of those kind of great appreciation, things. Yeah, all those kind of nice things that you get with real estate that you don't get with other investments. And don't forget, I mean, I always say if I, you know, we spoke about this 30-year-old person that has all that knowledge, right? If you really literally take that person and say, okay, it takes me, let's just be conservative, eight, nine years to get there. I buy a house every year, right? But then from then on, not only do you have that income, but as time keeps going, when you're 45 or something like that, you will have the first houses that are paid. Yeah. Right? And so now you're going from 3,000 to 4,000. A year later, you go to 5,000. Sooner or later, by like 50 or so at the latest, you probably have 10 grand a month. And you yeah. never did anything different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you just did these initial investments and then you keep servicing them. And, and I mean, I know most people, they get a little bit addicted to it to say this works so well. I just keep taking the money that I don't need right now while I'm getting the positive cash flow. And, you know, instead of buying one, I might be maybe buying two. Yeah, reinvested. Yeah, yeah reinvested, exactly. And so after eight to 10, 12 years, you typically end up with like 15 if you keep after it. Yeah. And then you can lean back. And that's why I'm saying that's where the point is, where I call that economic independence. Now you can do what you're passionate about and just see how your income is going to increase. And you can go in back in history however far you want to. People who own real estate, wars and whatever happens, they're always the ones who remain on their feet. They have the assets. They can turn the assets into money without having to sell them. It's pretty amazing what real estate allows you to do. Awesome, Axel. Time flies when we're having fun, my friend. Absolutely. If people want to find out more about you and, and this whole turnkey idea, what should they do? Well, one thing, come to our website, idealwealthgrower.com. For your audience, we also have a little freebie. If you do idealwealthgrower.com forward slash free, you can download a free mindset manual. And then I invite people to go to our YouTube channel because I made a series of YouTube videos that actually explain how to use the mindset manual. Because if you're really committed, if you're motivated, if you're energized to do this stuff, it goes so much easier than if you're in like a skeptical mindset. So I invite everybody to learn how to get a positive attitude and mindset and then just rock and roll. Awesome. Axel, thank you very much for being on the show. Dave, thanks so much for having me. 
All right, everybody take care and we'll see you on the next episode. Bye-bye. Well, hey there, thanks for tuning into the Property Profits Podcast. If you like this episode, that's great. Please go ahead and subscribe on iTunes. Give us a good review. That'd be awesome. I appreciate that. And if you're looking to attract investors and raise capital for your deals, then I'm going to invite you to get a complimentary copy of my newest book right back there. There it is. The Money Partner Formula. You can get a PDF version at InvestorAttractionBook.com. Again, InvestorAttractionBook.com. Take care.